Hey guys, welcome back to Speak Up Podcast. In this episode, we talk to Denisa, the senior brand manager at Sephora. We spoke about everything about the beauty industry, e-commerce, and her hobby, such as e-commerce development during the COVID, the challenges the beauty industry faces. Moreover, doing theater every Tuesday. I hope you will enjoy this episode. Okay, hello, Denisa. How are you doing? Thank you so much for coming to our podcast. Hello. I、uh, think so. That's for the the invite. I'm doing very good. What about you? <laughs> Thank you. I'm good too. So, can you introduce yourself to our audience and also use three keywords to conclude yourself? Of course. So,、uh, my name is Denisa. I'm 28 years old.、Um, I'm a graduate from HEC Paris,、um, and I'm currently working at Sephora in the beauty sector. I am a category manager for the European scope.、Um, so, I'm、uh, basically managing a portfolio of skincare brands、uh, for 16 countries. And working in、uh, transversal management、uh, with a lot of marketing departments、um, to launch、uh, new brands, but also、uh, new products. Wow! And if I can describe myself、um, in three words, I think I would use international because I really love、um, discovering new cultures, and、um, because that defines also my my background.、Um, curiosity. Um, I like discovering different uh, missions, different uh, how different departments work.、Um, that's one of the reasons why, after my master, I've done、uh, a graduate program、uh, at Sephora. And creativity—that、um, would be the third word,、um, because、uh, in my spare time, I like doing theater. So、um, I'm I'm doing、uh, theater in a group in Paris. Wow, that's so cool! So, can you tell us more about your professional experience? Sure. So, after the、um, after my master, I joined a graduate program at Sephora、um, that lasted for about two years, and it allowed me to discover different、uh, departments. So, more precisely, I have done four missions and four departments in two years.、Um, first, I have started with a mission in product development.、Um, then, I have continued with a mission in、uh, retail.、Um, actually, I was working on the service strategy for the Champs Elysees flagship.、Um, then, I moved in Romania for six、uh, months. Um, actually, I went back because I am from Romania. So I worked in Sephora、um, in the business unit、uh, for the Balkans,、um, where I was responsible for launching、um, some brands and also for the Black Friday strategy for the whole region. And then, like my last mission was in the digital team, and that was exactly when the COVID started. So that was a very interesting mission because、um, there was a lot of、uh, there was a lot of pressure, a lot of like projects to be done.、Um, uh, just On spot because like we had to close our stores, so we had to recover the business. Let's say with different activations and、um, animations for the whole、um, European websites. So that was very interesting.、Um, and currently,、um, I'm working as a category manager in the European team, so I'm managing、um, around ten、uh, skincare brands for sixteen countries.、Um, so what am I doing? I am、uh, responsible for their、uh, business. Um, for their launches,、um, and I'm working with different departments like CRM, media,、um, trade marketing,、um, digital, social media, in order to make sure 
um, that we are successful in all the launches um, that we're doing and that we are achieving our, our targets for, for the brands. And um, on top of that, I'm also um, responsible uh, for some uh, strategic projects for Sephora. So um, trying to accelerate, let's say, new categories um, in Sephora. I worked on the, um, on the acceleration of the hair care category. And now I'm working on the food supplement uh, project. Wow, that sounds really interesting. And you really did a lot of work in that past like three years. That's really amazing. It's very interesting. It's, it's a very dynamic sector. So there are always projects coming and going. So it's, it's quite interesting. Yeah, that's true. So as you mentioned before, you use international to describe yourself. Mm. So how was your international experience? So basically when, um, so I'm from Romania, originally from Romania. And when I was 19, I, I have decided that I wanted to embark on an international adventure because um, a summer before I participated in a workshop with a lot of international and that was like very fascinating for me. It was the first time I saw people from outside um, Europe uh, coming in Romania. So it was very intriguing and, and interesting. So I decided, okay, I'm, I need to study abroad as well to, to meet new people um, and discover new cultures. So I, I did my bachelor in, in the Netherlands for three years. Um, and I had the, the opportunity to also spend six months in Singapore, which really allowed me to discover like the, the Singaporean culture and, and, and the markets and the business over there. So that was very interesting. Um, and then after the Netherlands, I did the master in, in France. Um, and during the master, I also had the opportunity to go in Brazil this time and, um, and get to know more uh, about the uh, Latin American culture. So I was very, very, um, how can I say, interested in discovering more and more cultures. And I think once you get this virus, you can never stop. Um, so... I really, I really loved being in this international community all the time. So um, that's why I think it defines me and it defines like who I am today. Yeah, of course. I totally agree what you said. Like in once you start with your international experience, that's so hard for you to stop. That's really yeah. can help you be open-minded and it's very interesting. So what did you benefit most from your rich international experience? Oh, I think um, that's a good question. I think from diversity and from different perspectives, I I kind of um, understood that I I need to question myself sometimes because things that are very obvious for me, maybe they're not obvious for other people, and that's totally normal because there's a cultural difference, and I need to embrace that. And I think this diversity and the difference in perspective was, was really a lesson that I learned during my whole international experience that I value a lot today. Yeah, I feel just like it because you can really get in touch with a lot of different people. So you start to know different culture, like can be like a person more diverse and also to respect like a different perspective. That's mm. really amazing. Okay, so can you tell us about your current job? As we know, like you are working in Sephora. So uh, what does your day-to-day -day, like look like at this moment? Okay, <laughs> so it's, it's quite different um, depending on the 
period because like we let's say we have like some cycles um at the moment like we're working on uh, 2022 um launches so we are preparing like the first semester launches um as i was previously saying we're working with different departments in order to make sure that we um we create like media campaigns for the launches like we, we do emailings here i mean like emailing so um, I spend my days basically um, coordinating all these launches and projects like with all the departments internally, but also with the 16 markets because um, they are the ones who are implementing um, operationally um, what our strategy at the European level is. Um, so I... I have a lot of uh, communication back and forth with the departments, with like the brands, but also with the um, with the with the markets, which is quite interesting because there's this diversity in in the tasks that I'm I'm doing. So, um, yeah, uh, 2022 uh, <laughs> right now, <laughs> planning 2022. Yeah, that's true. And I also work in L'Oreal. I can really imagine what you are doing, like. The people really should look ahead like several years after what kind of product we are going to offer and also the campaign we are going to hold. That's really <laughs> like interesting. So um, like from your experience uh, and Sephora, so the project like you are most proud pr of and why? Mm. Um, there are a couple of projects, but I think the one that really... Um, how can I say that I I was the most passionate about was this um, acceleration of the hair care category. So during like one year, um, I, I worked on um, how to build this destination in Sephora um, because let's say one, one and a half years ago, um, the, the category was still small, um, but because of the, of the COVID actually, um, unfortunately, like a lot of hair salons were closed, so they lo lost a lot of business. However, the, um, the hair care category was accelerating a lot online everywhere. So in all, all the markets. So basically we had an opportunity to step in and to accelerate this, uh, category and create a, a destination. So, um, I did a lot of like uh, market analysis. I tried to understand like the, what the consumers wanted um, out of um, hair care. How do they understand this category, etc.? And what brands we can bring in in order to to boost um, the category overall. So um, I, with the team, of course, I, I, I launched like uh, Moroccan oil in in the stores. Um, which like really helped because it's one of the brands that has a lot of notoriety um, in the category. It's a, a hair salon based um, brand. So it was, it was very interesting actually to, to work on this strategy um, for the destination during this time when, when the category is, it's, it's basically in a mutation actually. There's a lot of like innovation uh, out there. Um, actually customers, start to use the hair care as they use skincare. So it's not just one shampoo, it's like a whole routine and, and they start understanding and being like more and more experts. There's so many brands that are um, innovating in their products with the same molecule that they use, for instance, for skincare. So it's, it's a very fascinating um, uh, category that is growing. So I'm like very 
happy that I was um, I was there in order to you know write a new page like together with with the teams uh, for this uh, for this new category. Yeah, and also is a, yeah. Sorry, as you also mentioned about like um, back to like the COVID just started, so you are you were doing the e-commerce for 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 Sephora, right? Yeah, so I was in a team and we were um, basically um, building like activations um, during this period of COVID because, um, so how, how does it work? Like when you go, for instance, on the homepage of Sephora, you see that there is a um, an animation that is going on. There is a selection of products that we push forward on the homepage, etc. And like actually during the, the COVID period, of course, like there were a lot of people who were using more like masks or skincare products like at home to feel like good. They had a lot of a lot more time actually to do that. Um, and they were using, let's say, less makeup because they were going out less and maybe not some some much lipsticks because they were wearing masks. So, of course, like we had to. Uh, reinvent ourselves and, and create like these animations rather with like skincare products or like hair care products rather than makeup products. Mm -hmm. So that's, um, you, you, I guess you have to adapt uh, depending on what happens in the, in the market. Yeah, sure. So how do you think about like the e-commerce influence like to the whole beauty industry? I feel like it's because of COVID. So basically the e-commerce mm -hmm. of the beauty industry just booming. What do you think about it? Um, that's a very good question. I think it's definitely booming. But I think that one of the, let's say, challenges that we face as a retailer, and I think it's the same for like the whole industry, is that um, we need to create like an omni-channel strategy because I think that the stores will not disappear. Um, definitely there's more like traffic and more business online, but the stores will be there in order to, you know, create the awareness, to create the experience for the customers, etc. But the challenge is like, how are we going to, you know, link the e-commerce activity with the activity in stores in order to make sure that there is a seamless experience for the client? I think that's maybe the most important question at the moment. Like, how are we going to bring, for instance, the services in store from in from in store online? But in the same time, how are we going to digitalize um, the stores? So it's a back and forth. Um, yeah, I totally agree with you, especially I think for the skincare industry, because everything's about the touching, the texture. So the customer really need to to like to touch, to have like to mm. to test like the product. That's really interesting about what you say about the retail. Thank you for your insight. And so like you work in this like beauty industry almost like for three years. What, why did you choose to go into beauty industry? Mm, I think there are a couple of reasons, maybe two main ones. I think that um, sometimes beauty products give us like self-confidence. And I think um, people use beauty products to either express their creativity or to maybe treat a problem that make them maybe less confident. So for instance, I think that a lot of people use makeup as an expression of, uh, you know, their personality um, to show 
that they're artistic, etc. And there are pro- like there there are probably people who use skincare products in order to treat one of the the problems. Um, and I I think that beauty products really give us the confidence. So there's a purpose. Um, for the beauty products, like perfumes also maybe create memories. We say that sometimes when we feel a perfume, we remember about like a dear person or like uh, an experience we we lived. So I think they have a purpose. That's maybe the first reason. And the second reason is that this environment is so, so dynamic. There's always an innovation happening either in skincare, makeup, perfume, anything. And it's even more dynamic at the moment, I'm, I'm not sure to say thanks to the COVID or not, but um, it's even more dynamic at the moment because like we, we start to treat like the beauty as a holistic experience, as a wellness experience. So if like maybe three years ago, we treated like skincare from, from the outside, now there are like food supplements to treat, you know, the skincare from the inside. So I think it's always a um, sector and an environment that is reinventing itself. And there's so many innovations, so many brands that are proposing like unique offerings that is just fascinating. And yeah, maybe that's that's why I, I chose uh, the beauty sector. Yeah, that's really interesting. And you mentioned like the beauty industry for you is very dynamic. So do you see there is there any like trend happening like in this mm. industry? There are a lot of trends. <laughs> I think there are a lot of trends, but um, maybe two big, big ones. Um, first one would be, uh, is coming actually from the fact that customers are like more and more educated and they have more and more expertise. So um, I will talk about skincare because I know it a little bit more. Um, there are more and more brands that are proposing very expert formulas. So like with certain molecules that are solving a precise type of problem. So it's very like problem solution type of products and also packaging and and that's that touches actually to the expertise, to the expertise of the of the clients that are want to have more transparent formulas and to know more. Maybe that's the first trend. And the second one is actually everything around like clean formulas and like natural ingredients because they're also like very conscious customers who want to use only safe formulas on their skin, for instance, and and they look only for like natural ingredients. And linked to that, it's not just looking for like clean formulas, but it's also looking for sustainability. And I think this is also a big, big trend because like the beauty industry is producing so much plastic. And I think like a lot more consumers are very conscious about that and maybe they want to buy only like recyclable packaging or like reusable or like second life packaging. So I think these are two um, two trends that are emerging, like very expert brands, efficient and like very clean and sustainable brands. That's really inspiring. And after talking about the trend and also opportunities happening in the beauty industry, so what do you think? What is the biggest challenge for the beauty industry nowadays? Um, I think sustainability is definitely a big challenge. Um, 
there are more and more brands who are giving a second life to their packaging. So for instance, instead of using like a paper plastic based uh, packaging, they're using maybe like a mug uh, as an outer pack that can be used after to, I don't know, drink coffee, you know? So um, I think sustainability is definitely um, something important and a challenge. I think the omni-channel, um, how are we going to bridge the digital and the retail is a second challenge. Mm, and maybe a third challenge would be um, how to personalize uh, the products, but also the customer experience because um, customers want to be like unique and they have like precise problems and precise needs, let's say. Um, so brands need to, to understand that they need to create products that are adapted to each one of us. And there are some brands that actually like um, started to take into consideration producing products only after asking that person what is their need, like doing a test, a diagnosis, etc. So um, I think personalization is important and in the products, but as well in the in the customer experience. So for instance, how are we going to guide um, the customers in stores and online in order to find exactly what they want? Because there's a lot of information, there's a lot of products available. How are we going to make sure that we give them the right product with the help of data, I think. <laughs> so that's that's uh, that's very important. Yeah, that's really interesting. And so after talking about your work, I know you are very busy during your work. So what do you do like after work? So every Tuesday, <laughs> I am doing theater. <laughs> Wow. So um, I, I really enjoy it because um, it, it, how can I say, it gives me back the energy and the creativity and um, the balance I need. So I'm, I'm actually acting in a, in a theater group in Paris, um, mainly comedies, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's very helpful to, um, yeah, to uh, to just uh, express your creativity and um, and be uh, have your like mind empty. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, I think Maya has a question. Yeah, I'm I'm really Pardon? interested in knowing about your theater experience. Actually, so you said that you it's a comedy theater. Is it is it like improv or is it um, like acting or what what is it exactly? Both, um, because so we're we're engaging basically every year for like one year of courses, but also um, playing a play basically at the end of the, at the end of the year. So how it works is that for six months, like we, we get to know each other because it's always like uh, new people coming into the group. We do like a lot of improv as well in the first part, uh, trust exercises, etc. And in the second part, like we choose a play and we have like a couple of months in order to prepare it. And then we play it like two times in front of a public. So um, that's how it works. All right, that, that, that sounds really cool. Uh, so it's, and even the play that you do, it's like comedy? Mm. Okay. Yeah, for instance, like last year, we, we played a comedy called I Hate Shakespeare. Okay. <laughs> Which is definitely um, a comedy because it's a clash between like two generations, one that doesn't understand Shakespeare and one that is Shakespeare is the best person on earth and they try to convince each other basically like the Shakespeare is um, 
is is very good and uh, you need to you need time to understand uh, what he's saying <laughs> right that's that's so funny this, this sounds really cool like and is this in english or is it in french it's or? in english english really interesting like maybe i'm going to like ask you later on for okay for, <laughs> i was because i've been looking at getting into um comedy theater myself as well sure <laughs> cool yeah that's really cool so apart from theater how do you balance work and life uh, i think um work uh needs prioritization <laughs> i think that's the first uh, that's the first word that comes to my mind and organization as well um i think it's it's doable um even if you have like a lot of responsibilities um i think it's doable if there's a good uh list of priorities <laughs> so of course like um that that's very important and apart from that like in my in my spare time i'm i'm also into museums i'm also going um to run uh sometimes i travel as well um uh, when there's no uh <laughs> blocked uh, um country let's say <laughs> because of the situation so i really miss this i think that uh, soon uh, we will be uh, more free to to travel as we want but um that's how i try to balance actually uh, work and uh, personal that's really cool so like back to 3 years ago like you just graduated from the school what would you tell yourself um that's um <laughs> that's an interesting question um i think um to to never like let's say regret any decision i don't regret any decision uh but i would tell myself again the same thing um and to choose everything that uh i'm passionate about and do not take like the pressure of what others are doing i think this is very important to just follow like what you vibrate with and sometimes like take decisions that are not 100% rational but that you feel very comfortable with I think um it's it's very important to follow exactly what you want and not what others want. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming today and sharing with your like rich international experience. That's really inspiring. Thank you for coming. Thank you so much for the invitation and good luck with the podcast. Thank you.